Well, this is one lonely podcast, and we're going to be talking about One Lonely Night in Spaceman by The Killers. You may have heard of them. Up and coming group. We're trying to help them out, get, get popularity. Day and age was a long time ago, Dick. <laughs> Only when you think about it. Was that the tour that we went to? No, it was Battleborn. That's okay. Any twelve, I think. I was thinking. I was wondering that, and I thought there's no way it was that tour. And then we were like as disappointed as we were. But then I looked at the set list. And I'm like, that was a good set list. So <laughs> something's just wrong with us, Jimmy. What's wrong with us? No, it was good. It was a good show. We just he just didn't say anything. You know, we set our expectations in different spots. Like, like if he's gonna say something, I mean, I, yeah, we have a lot of things that where we think, hey, if the if they're going to play at the Super Bowl, it's going to be when it's in Vegas. If he's going to talk about Nephi, it's when they're in yeah. Orem. <laughs> but yeah, it did happen. So that's all right. It was a long time ago. It wasn't our last concert, but it was our first. So Spaceman is a big enough single that it got its own music video. A unique one that you'll probably never see one like that ever again. From unless, the killers, at least. Unless they're with Yo Gabba Gabba. True. I guess that's true. I didn't think about that one. First spaceship adventure. Man, I didn't even think about that one. It ties right into Space Melon. Shoot, now I gotta go do some more research. I'll be back. And we're back. <laughs> Give me some more research. Alright, I looked on Wikipedia. No, just kidding. So, Space Man was written after Don't Shoot Me Santa. So we got a little bit of Ryan Party influence here. And we got a little bit of Ted influence. Because... Uh, Brandon told The Sun in November of 2008, It's very us. It came off the back of Don't Shoot Me Santa, our Christmas single, so I was in a playful mood. I think it's really adventurous for me. A spaceship adventure. Uh, and then he told Enemy, We're always making demos, and on our way to South America, we had a few days off, so we went to the rainforest in Panama. On the plane on the way there, I was humming the verse, and I couldn't wait to lay it down, and we made a demo with Ted, our touring musician, in the hotel room in Panama. That demo probably isn't that different from the final version. Yeah, this he was definitely feeling adventurous when he wrote this one. I think there's a few things coming here, and I'll get to my theory in a little bit. I think of it as a prophecy, so I can't wait to hear your theory. Uh, first off, I do have to say, there's got to be David Bowie inspiration <laughs> here, right? Yeah. This is uh, some Ziggy Stardust, um, Ground Control to, to Major Tom. What was the other one I was thinking of? Starman. You ever heard of Starman? Yes. And if you look, when David Bowie was Ziggy Stardust, this is alter ego, he has the lightning bolt on his face. And we've seen the lightning bolt playing to the killers as well. So I think this is a direct kind of tribute, whatever you want to say. There's definitely Bowie-esque things with this. So I just wanted to give out the, the star control, the Major Tom and the, the Ziggy Stardust and Starman and all that kind of thing. Yeah, he said, uh, there's a quote from Brandon where he said he was looking for a mixture of Space Oddity, which is Bowie, and Rocket Man. So, which is obviously Elton John, who he's played with, so... Yeah, and there's a lot of influences there, and... Definitely a unique song in their catalog. First off, Jimmy, you know I'm a conspiracy guy. You know I love a good a good conspiracy, and I think you do too. I do, I just don't know that if I believe as many as you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'd love to hear about it. That's good. I don't have any belief. When it comes to aliens and abductions and all that kind of stuff, are, are you in? Are you out? Are you undecided? Well, as a kid growing up in Nephi, there were definitely times when I would be outside in the dark at night when I was going to go sleep on the trampoline or something, look up at the stars, 
this huge sky that you can see everything because there's no light pollution because there's there's white arrows. All you see are white arrows because the, the sky is so dark. And being a little bit nervous as a kid that I was going to, you know, well, part of the reason is I had a sister that really loved to watch uh, Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> That's enough to give any kid nightmares for the rest of their life. And, uh, you know, so I had to talk myself out of it by saying, what if, if a spaceman was going to come anywhere in the world, why would he pick Nephi? But now it looks like it happened to Brandon. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was, well, that was one of the things I got fascinated with. About the time we were in high school, did you ever watch Fire in the Sky or no. any of that with us? So there was this show, a movie called Fire in the Sky. It was based off a book. I remember some of our friends got reading the book and stuff and got way into it. I'm not much of a reader, so I just stayed with the movie. But it was about uh, this <laughs> Travis Walton guy that lived down in, I think it was Snowflake, Arizona, which isn't like, it's not far. It's the next state down from us. And it's this whole story about how he got abducted and it's a crazy story. Later on in my life, I met some people on my mission that were from that same, like he was, I think he was Mormon. It was a Mormon town anyways, or community. Yeah. So I met some guys from there that were on their mission and I brought it up because I can't, I think it was Snowflake. I can't remember. I knew the town where they said that's where they're from. I'm like, oh, do you know Travis Walton? <laughs> and they said that around town, they called him uh, like liar in the sky. And it was a big controversy, which can go into, uh, it could go into another killer's album of pressure machine. And when people judge you or think different of you because you're a different, uh, I don't know. I don't know if the guy was on drugs. I don't know if he got abducted by aliens. All I know is it was a crazy story. And there for a while, the same unsolved mysteries, all that kind of stuff. Uh, X-Files was big at that time as well. So it was really, the idea out was, was out there, but I really liked the idea. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on any of that, but it was a fun, fun thing. So, when this song comes out and and has these kind of themes right from the get go, I'm like, all right, I can I can get down with this. This is tractor beams pulling him out and all this kind. Of, I'm like, all right, well we'll see where this goes. But that was my first thoughts: is okay, maybe Brandon watched a little unsolved mysteries from that too. I don't know. <laughs> well, he did live in a haunted. <laughs> well, then you got uh, Nevada and you have Area 51 out there. Uh, I've been out there as well, and I went. Uh, been to Roswell, New Mexico. I went out there, and this was before it was all disclosed. There's a little town in Rachel, Nevada. It's got the Alien Inn, is what it's called. But it's like a little, just like a trailer, more or less, with a bathroom. And that's where you stop and get gas and go to the bathroom. But we went in to go to the restroom, and out walked a couple of military guys, Jimmy, in their full military gear. And I looked at, uh, I think my mom, I know my dad took us, and me and Mike Painter, we're the ones, and we looked at each other, and we're like, "Oh, well, that there's there's military men. There's something out. This is there's more than meets the eye." And then we saw, you know, stuff flying around in the skies, which were probably just training jets or whatever. But it was it was kind of cool. So again, uh, not to Nevada, I think here with the Area 51 and uh, alien abductions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was thinking about for some reason I was thinking about the oh yeah <laughs> we were watching we we went to on a trip. And my kids were watching Newsies in the car. And I was thinking about Bill Pullman and how he was the president in Independence Day. Yeah. thinking Independence Day was the biggest movie, like the summer blockbuster that I saw one time and have never seen since that year, probably the year it came out. 
And it was uh, shot in Utah too. Some of it on the Salt Flats. That was definitely a big, uh, big influence. Uh, when we were, I don't know, were we teenagers when that came out? Yeah, I'm sure we were. That seems about that yeah. time. It was like the big Independence Day movie. I don't know if I should just go into dove dive. I should just go into why Zoop Dove. What are the songs about? Or if we should go down the lyrics a little bit and talk what it's about. But uh, my theory, Jimmy, is this is Brandon becoming famous. He's become a writer at this point, too, going back to... He's not just autobiographical as much as some of the earlier things. This is, again, third album. Uh, you have your first album that you put out. You get famous. They put together Sam's Town, which is kind of... Kind of dovetails. It goes a little better with Hot Fuss of telling the story of the band and going from up and coming to going around Vegas, whatever you want to say Sam's Town's about. So this is a whole new adventure of introducing themselves and getting established. But I think if you go down the lyrics and you look into the song and kind of dive into it, it is a story about being abducted by aliens and the spaceman and all that kind of thing. But I think if you break it down, uh, this is getting famous. You go from just a regular person that can go walk down the mall or whatever. The, the hall, I don't know. You can go into Caesar's Palace and you're the bus boy and nobody cares or gives a second look to you. But now if you go anywhere, that's Brandon Flowers. Those are the killers. Uh, you can't just go anywhere. You're famous, and people are examining you. They're looking at you. Uh, you got you the kind of person you used to serve. Yes, and you got the... Uh, I, I, we'll go down here a little bit. But you got the star maker. I don't know if this is Brandon admitting that he's in the Illuminati, Jimmy, or not. But, <laughs> but you got the star maker telling him it's going to be all right. It's not so bad. If you just kind of look at it that way, I think this is going from trying to become famous or trying to become well-known to uh, the other side of now that you are, everybody's examining you, you don't have peace, and everybody wants you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of theories out there about this song. Most I don't believe, but uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot you can read into it because of the the lyrics that he talks about a dream maker and a Give star, the, the star makers, who could that be, you know? There's definitely a lot to, to look into it, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense to think in terms of people go to Vegas to become stars. You know, you want your own show. The record label could be the, the dream maker. You know, there's there's definitely a lot there that you could easily justify. I, my worry is that they wrote this song thinking, let's just do a fun song with whimsical lyrics about being taken up, taken up in a UFO, and then all these people are saying, oh, this is definitely about suicide, because he talks about... Uh, wanting to leave this world and it's like whoa hold on hold on guys you know there's a lot of ways to interpret it yeah it's also just a really fun song too when in doubt you can always go to rock and roll is sex and drugs so it's about sex and drugs <laughs> or suicide now i guess uh, yeah so then you took there. my blood type that means that they put drugs in my blood no i don't i don't think so yeah i don't know i mean <laughs> I guess, again, anyone can interpret it however they yeah. want. I, I saw that theory out there, too, a little bit. I thought that doesn't seem to fit the narrative, especially at this point. If you just said that about uh, about uh, desperate things or something like that, <laughs> I'm mean, like, all right, you got some. But this is yeah, kind of a fun. And that's the other thing. When you see this live, it's one of those other, like, the tempo gets going, people get jumping. It's a fun song. And I think it's one of those that probably is a little just, Supposed to be fun, supposed to have a good time, supposed to just Elton John it, like he was, you know, Elton John, Bowie, whatever. But I do think with lyrics, you have to have something to them. It's not just yeah. bubblegum all the time. So I think there's something in the lyrics 
Um, I personally wouldn't think that suicide's in there. Hopefully, if you're having those kind of thoughts and things, get, I don't know, counseling, but reach out to somebody, get some help. Uh, the world is definitely better here with you in it, regardless of who you are, or where you're at. So I do want to throw that out there. And a lot of ways to get support. Yeah. I don't want to make light of that, but I don't, I don't see that uh, as what the song's about personally either. Yeah. I think part of the lyrical interpretation, uh, some of the problem is that we will find one line that we think we figured out and latch onto it and extrapolate it to the whole song. And, you know, as if you can find evidence that supports your theory, in multiple places, I think you're you're in a better, um, you're more likely to be on the right track than if you just pick one line and assume the whole song's about that. But yeah, I mean, it's hard. I it's hard for me to argue with if someone got abducted by aliens and said they were hoping to leave this world behind. <laughs> it's like how many people are? I don't think many people are hoping to get abducted. <laughs> and taken into a ufo so yeah there's definitely ways you can read into it yeah i think it could be if you're becoming famous though you're leaving your old world behind as far as you don't gotta go work in the kitchen no more nephi yeah yeah you don't gotta go down to lisa's and work in the country kitchen but you're you're leaving that life and you're going to this different place this different uh world so to say as far as now you got people working for you you're on tour you're got celebrity status you got some cloud in the world and your old life and the old world or the place that you were from is now alien to you, so to say. Another thing I want to throw in here real fast is I put it together probably a while ago, but it always kind of tickles me when Brandon makes things like laughed it off like lemonade or whatever the lyric is in there. <laughs> uh, my global position systems, Jimmy, as your GPS there, <laughs> the fact that he went all out to make a global position system. I don't know why. I really like that lyric when he <laughs> were vocally addressed. Like, I mean, this was before you could just talk to Surrey or, or whatever and say, send me to Nephi or your Google Maps or however you're getting places. This is this is a futuristic uh, approach of talking to your GPS and getting vocally addressed. You can say where you're going in the universe. So I, I really like that lyric for whatever reason. Um, I probably, once the once my brain put it together, that that's a GPS. And then he was talking about a GPS Whenever this song came out, which Jimmy let us know was a long time ago. For all of you that remember when this came out, you're old now. 14 years ago. 14 years ago. That's a fun lyric for me. I think there's a lot of fun lyrics in this song. I think it's a fun song. I'm I'm all about it becoming the uh, the band that comes out of Vegas and kind of tributing it back to aliens and kind of like we talked about the Ram's Head, just kind of a nod to the desert and what it's known for kind of being the silly song about becoming famous and how things just start the same. Once you get on the other side, it might not be what you were after, what you thought it was going to be, but you're starstruck and you're away from home. Uh, you got the dream makers and star makers, which I would say would be the record executives and promoters or people of that ilk that are telling you, yeah, you got to go on Letterman, but it's not that bad. You got to go do all these tours and these shows and do all this stuff. But, it's not that bad, especially if you think about your old life. And then you kind of get thinking, was my old life really that bad? Is this what I wanted? It's not so bad. So it was actually 16 years ago. I'm bad at math. So with, with that theory, what do you think is would be the takeaway from the song in that in that interpretation? Is that by the time you get to the end, is it is he glad to be famous? Is it what, what, do you, what, do you, what is your take on that one? Well, where he comes back to it, 
is he's hearing these voices. It's all in his head and the lonely night. I think you're lonely kind of thing. But then it comes back to the end of it's all in my mind. So I think part of it is it's probably perceived as everybody's looking at me. Everybody's watching me. Everybody's doing this or thinking this uh, when he's growing up or, you know, the way he, that he'd look at uh, when you look at Morrissey or when you look at these people and he just, you know, they're famous. Oh, I can't believe that's Elton John over there. Then you get to be friends with them and they're just normal people. And they live a different lifestyle. They're doing different things, but ultimately, they're still people. They're still people. So I think it comes to this point of goes from this life that he was living to, and again, this is just my thoughts and theories. I have no thing to back this off, Jimmy. This is no <clears throat> nothing to back this up. So he goes from living this normal life to now he's this mega star. Gets thrown out there. He kind of has an ego there at first too that we've talked about, especially the end of Hot Fuss and through Sam's Town of. Uh, don't you know who I am? I'm Brandon Flowers. I'm a celebrity. I'm a rock star. And he kind of portrays this image that isn't necessarily him. Uh, we've talked about that as well. The band kind of gets that way, too. Of They have a reputation of they're the killers now. This is the killers, and they're the big band, the big group, to the point of when this album comes out and they're doing this, he's kind of reflecting on that fame and that sudden fame. It wasn't just gradual like a lot of bands have. They pretty much got thrown into the, the atmosphere they got to be a big band really fast comparatively to a lot of bands. So you got abducted by aliens, so to say, and you went to outer space and you left your old life behind and now you're the biggest thing going. And that was the turning point. And star makers are all there telling you how to live your life. This is what we're going to go do. This is what you're going to go on tour. You're going to do all this stuff. It's not so bad. And if you know, you're trying to justify with my old life wasn't that bad. I kind of want to go back there. And they're like, no. You're making, you know, millions of dollars now. You got screaming fans now. You're touring. This is your life. Anyways, cut it back down to somewhat that's all in your head, right? Like, at the end of the day, you're still the same person. Like, you just got a new job and you got some notoriety because people know who you are. And you might have bought into that for a time. But I think it comes to a point where you realize, no, that's not who I am. I'm still Brandon Flowers from Henderson or Nephi or Ronnie Venucci Jr., or Dave, or whoever. And yeah, I don't have to go down and, and lug bags at the Gold Coast, or I don't have to do whatever. But at the same, when you go back to your family for the family reunion or dinner party or whatever, they don't care. You're still there. You're still going to bring up the, you remember that one time when you did whatever stupid you thing? You went to your, bed. <laughs> yeah, like, remember when you were a kid and you'd come over and you'd pick your nose and play Nintendo or whatever. You know, they're going to bring you back to Earth and humble you somewhat. And I think that's kind of where it is. It's all in my mind. It's all my, you know, it's all in my mind. Like, there's this hope. And it, there is a journey there. And you do have clout. And you do get to do things that other people don't get to do necessarily. But it's just different. It's not always better. It's not always worse. Some people can go home every night and spend time with their family. Some people have to go tour Europe. Like, <laughs> you know, you can make an argument either way. So I think ultimately my takeaway is uh, this is kind of, the band, Brad, and whoever coming to the realization of the sudden popularity and the egos and picking the fights and saying the crap in the uh, interviews to kind of stir up the stuff because either they thought so or were told so or felt that way. We haven't really got into a lot of that stuff from the earlier days, but I don't know if that was, I mean, Brad says now that it was just an act and that that was what he was told to do and thought that he was supposed to do. I don't know if that's true or if there was ego involved or if he really, you know, you're going to start fights with Green Day and 
and John Mayer and stuff. That was kind of interesting. Like that was kind of, I don't know where Ronnie and some of those other guys are and all that. But anyways, at the end of the day, you have to realize and you have to go to bed and look at yourself in the mirror and realize, and you know, is that really how I feel? Is that really who I am? Or, you know, you have this internal, internal struggle and you guys have that consciousness that says, okay, I'm good with who I am and I can go to bed or now he's got kids and a family. And we've talked about that in the last couple of songs as well, but you got to kind of come in to somewhat of a, who am I? What are my values? What do I believe? And yeah, a lot of this was probably all in my mind though. I was just this big mega spaceman, you know, I'm not, I'm not David Bowie. I'm not Ziggy. So he didn't change his name to Ziggy Stardust, uh, Brandon Stardust or something like that. Although he can put on that persona and go out and perform and, and do that thing at the end of the day, it's, it's a job. Yeah. I think it'd be hard to have so many people telling you how important you are and to not come out of that feeling like you're more important than other people. <laughs> you're definitely going to have an ego and I don't want to downplay it and say that, you know, to a lot of people, is a big deal. It's a big deal. And I'm not trying to downplay and say that you're not, uh, but also... At the end of the day, you still need to eat. You still need to drink. Goes back. You still need to sleep. You, it kind of links with human. Like It links back to human or dancer. Try to figure all that out. Yeah, you you are a big deal. And a lot of people, um, if you give them a moment of your time, they're going to remember that for the rest of their life. Me and Jimmy can walk down the street right now and talk to somebody... This is walking down the street. They won't care, and they won't remember it 10 seconds from now. If, if we're Brandon, and you walk down the same street and talk to the same person, and they know who you are, they're going to remember that and become that to their great-grandkids, you know. I was walking down the street. one day, yeah. He was in uh, some uh, weird-looking space suit with like football pads, and he had uh, a tiger by him, and uh, there was a lightning bolt on his face. And he asked me, Where's the McDonald's? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, yeah there is. So I want to downplay that because obviously in life we do have systems and people do have titles and uh, we do put people up on a structure or up on a pedestal, whether or not I agree with that or not. That is how the platform are stranger. Yeah, that's how it works. But I think those people that get up on that can go one way or another. And a lot of times they go the wrong way and they burn out pretty fast and either scandals pop out or they get you know drug problems or any of that stuff and can really mess up their lives their personal lives and going back to the killer's playbook i think they handled it right they got it under control whether it was brandon's family his wife some trusted person i don't know somebody put him in check and said listen you can't go out and be picking fights and you can't go out and be like this isn't long term going to be successful for you Maybe he just came to that realization in his own self. I don't know. But there came a point where he realized he could go one way and end up dead or that rock and roll lifestyle and burn out fast and be a James Dean kind of figure or Kurt Cobain or whoever where you go fast and you go hard and you remember it. Or you can have a long career and you can make it a persona and you can still be the rock star, but you don't feed into it and you're just a normal person and you have a great life and a long career. And that's the way that they took. And that's again, working pretty well. <laughs> Here should be working for him. At least that's, that's my take, Jimmy. I don't know. You had a prophecy in there. So let's hear your take on this. Well, 
at risk of becoming a parody of ourselves uh, and tying everything into Nephi, I I don't think this is how it was intended, but I, I think it's interesting to look at it now where things have gone and see how, you know, whether it's the fame that he was looking for and now maybe regrets or has, has had to come to terms with in a different way or if it's a geographical place that he's gone to that uh, maybe wasn't what he thought it would be. Anyway, obviously, this came out in 2008. Brandon was still living in Nevada. Uh, he since moved back to Utah. So with with that lens, it's interesting to talk about this turning point. So this is a song that uses the word lonely. So it's we definitely have to cover it on Lonely Town, but it was a lonely night when he had this turning point. So in my mind, in his life, he had to, he came to this turning point where he was having to decide, what am I going to do for my family that's best for them? They ended up moving back to Utah. So in that vein, you know, in the song he talks, now I'm back at home and looking forward to this life I live. I can't help but think, now I'm back in Utah, <laughs> looking forward to this life that's a little bit different than the, you know, the the lights of the the ship or the lights of the town. Um, the big city of Vegas. But when he says, I was hoping I could leave the star-crossed world behind. I don't think of Nephi as a star-crossed world, but I think it's a world that he wanted to leave behind. And he did. But once they cut him open, he changed his mind. So the cutting open is, you know, I think similar to your theory that to be dissected by the dissection that comes with, with being famous and having your whole life in front of the world, your life, you know, his life changed pretty quickly. And, um, I think it's interesting that he says, I might've flown too far from the floor this time. It makes it sound like there was more than one time. (laughs) So maybe thinking about, you know, he had, he had high goals. Um, he wanted to make it big. You know, you have to be willing to, to have your feet leave the floor to, to have such, such high goals for yourself. Uh, to want to become famous and to be want, want to be on the same level as some of your heroes, but anyway, there there's some other things like that. You better look it over before you make that leap. You might not know exactly what you're getting into with 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 this life that you're you're trying to to go. But the other part that well, I I, I remember mentioning this probably two years ago when we talked about pressure machine about how the Nile runs from east to west and. Uh, how the Salt Creek does too, but that was the other way. Do they say yeah. not the Salt Creek used to run from east to west, Jimmy? Still does. Still does. Anyway, yeah, I, I think there's a bit of. Uh, I mean, this is always where we go, but it's, it is like you say, parody of ourselves. But it's it's Brandon and his writing style. I think there's uh, some religious implications there as well as changing your life. Uh, the devil in the deep blue sea. Think it over. Getting back to home. You think you want one lifestyle. And then you turn out that you get in there and you might be getting in a little too deep and decide that that wasn't what you wanted. Uh, there's other songs in this album that will touch a lot more with that religious base inside. But I do think, kind of like what Jimmy was saying, deciding whether or not you want that whole family life or you want that rock and roll lifestyle, you could imply that here as well. Um, I don't really want to go down that road a whole lot because I never do, but I think there's... Definitely places that you could uh, look at that and look at kind of from Samstown till this point, too, is when Brandon makes that change as far as deciding that he's going to straighten up and become the family man, church-going Brandon versus the 
staying out night, closing down the bars, party at <laughs> Brandon. And that could be kind of that persona change as well. So I think if you look at, again, we talked about it a little bit with human as well. He's kind of exploring and fighting himself through religion as well. And that could be an alien experience all into itself. When you're talking about, uh, you know, God and what that entails. And uh, anyways, you could look at some of those lyrics and, and, and make those leaps your own self as well. But I think, I mean, especially the devil in the deep blue sea, think things over and kind of the stuff Jimmy was laying down there. Maybe Nephi being uh, more of traditional values and what he was brought up in with the church and uh, returning to that. I guess my point is that if the song is about being taken up into a spaceship by aliens and realizing maybe Earth wasn't that bad, it's hard for me not to see a parallel with him wanting to leave Nephi, finally leaving and realizing, hey, the life I had wasn't wasn't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> And it happened years later when that he came to that realization. But whether it's Nephi or whatever was going on there, so Nephi could be uh, that's where me and you see it. <laughs> and when we talked with Adam um, from uh, Rivers Wild, Adam, he said, "I think it was that. It was either Adam or Joey. I can't remember exactly. I think it was Adam though." That said, "I think Brandon wrote a lot more about Nephi. Something to the effect of Nephi was a bigger influence than he realized at the time." And I think when you're talking about your formative years growing up somewhere and everything that happened there, and then you go to Vegas, obviously your life, whether or not he's seeing it as Nephi and that's his mind as he's writing it, that's his life experience. And so I think it probably comes out there, even if it's kind of non-intentional um, to what he related to. So uh, whether or not he was thinking, oh yeah, it's this about Nephi or this is about leaving home, whatever. <laughs> I think that experience is definitely throughout a lot of music. Uh, you know, we have Runaways, we have all sorts of different songs about burn this town. I'm going to, you know, be the one that burns this town down. I mean, there's all sorts of references to uh, somebody that doesn't fit in, that leaves, and then decides that, I mean, that's a whole uh, prodigal son thing, which we've addressed a couple of times and is in, the, is in a few of his songs is, you know, this place sucks, I'm leaving it. I go out, that place wasn't so bad, I'm going back to it, I missed it. That, that's a theme um, throughout a lot of Law Brandon songs. So so who's the spaceman? Is it the protagonist of the story, or is, is the spaceman the, the, the alien who comes and gets him? I think it's the protagonist. I don't know, that's the way I see it. But maybe because I think that the story's being told from the guy in space at the time. I, you could argue it as the alien. Yeah, I, I think I typically think of it as the, the protagonist, but when he says, I mean, he never says the word alien in the whole thing. He talks about being cut open by, and all the bright lights and being left, leaving the world. So it's obviously uh, about an abduction, but <laughs> I mean, what what are you going to write? I mean, it's interesting how, how creative you had to be to come up with a song to say, all right, I'm going to make a song about being abducted by an alien. All right, well, what are you yeah, going to call it? What are you going to talk about? Yeah, well, it's pretty creative. I mean, I don't know, because uh, traditionally there's a lot of drugs, like we've talked about with bands when they write and stuff. <laughs> and I don't know, even in his heyday, that Brandon was a big drug user. I don't know um, what he did or what he got into. But, I, yeah, I don't know how you get into that mindset. And then when you're sitting there writing uh, a song that sounds like they were down South America, so maybe there were some things there they got inspiration from or saw, but... Uh, maybe we should reach out to Ted. I don't know. But when uh, I was talking with Ryan last week, and he said that Brandon just kind of gets in a flow. 
and just writes things from his consciousness. He does have the word flow in his name. He'll let you know, be flow. But so I don't know. I, I don't know if it was like think about Nevada. If he's like we've been flying. I don't know if he saw some hieroglyphics down there. Who knows what happened? But yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a workaround. And some people just have that talent. And I think this is another spot where showing that Brandon has been working at writing and being creative. And it's more than just writing uh, simple songs, so to say. For like somebody told me, boyfriend looked like my girlfriend, and repeating the like this is this is a story. It's not. Uh, true life event. I don't know. Yeah, the, I don't know the terminology for the uh, the writing styles, but this is more of a, a fictional. It's not autobiographical. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that was a conscious thing where he wanted to work on that and develop that, or if that's just what happened and they're just sitting around having a good time and and pop this baby out. I don't. I don't know. I wasn't there, Jimmy. I wasn't there. I can't tell you, but it is interesting that way. Well, someday, maybe we'll ask. We'll be able to ask Ted about it. Yeah. What do you remember? Maybe maybe we should send a I don't know, maybe we should send a message. It looks like he's going to the Rolling Stones down in uh Vegas. That's how you got tickets. Yeah. Made thinking, it sound like if you're a guitarist and they're within eleven miles you gotta go. I'm not within eleven miles or a guitarist, but I'd like to go. And I thought that was interesting too, because the killers are going to be at the same festival with the Rolling Stones in uh in uh the jazz festival down in uh New Orleans. And I thought, well, wouldn't you just go watch them? But I don't know. Watch them as many times as you can. Watch them they still around. And maybe it's a good time to just watch them as a fan. But I've been listening to the Paul McCartney podcast. I don't know if I brought that up or not. And it's kind of fascinating to me. Obviously, Paul McCartney's musical genius that is the reason there's a lot of bands now. And everybody goes back to the Beatles for the most part. But he was talking about uh, this last episode I, I listened to. He was talking about yesterday. And he dreamed it. Like, the lyrics came to him in his mind, or not lyrics, the melody came to him in a dream, and he woke up and could remember it, and so he started playing it, and he went around to, like, John and some of the other guys and asked them, what song is this? Because he thought it was just a song they remembered that somehow came in his dream, and they're like, I don't know, I've never heard that before. <laughs> and so then he went and played for a few other people, he's like, "Where, where's this song from? And nobody knew what it was. And so then he made up some lyrics of, uh, I think it was like scrambled eggs, maybe how I like those legs or something like that. So they could remember the, uh -huh. so those weren't the lyrics, obviously. And it ends up, you know, being this huge hit that he puts together that he, he dreamed. It just came to him. And so I think some people and songwriters have a gift and have an ability that the rest of us don't have is where I'm getting with all this. Obviously, Paul McCartney would be in that. But I think Brandon has developed... I don't know if he was naturally this way. I don't I don't know what his writing style always has been. But I think he's developed into where he can write stories and situations and like we're talking about here about the spaceman coming and abducting him and going on this journey and tying it all together to where me and you can sit down for twenty, thirty minutes and try to tear it apart and figure out what it's even about and if it's about spaceman or not and have it be relevant, have it be, you know, conversational. Whereas I've, you know, we tried to do this, or I know if I was to try to do this, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna write a song about being abducted by an alien, and I try for 30 years with the help of Chat GTP, nobody's gonna care, Jimmy. It's still not gonna be, nobody's, it's not gonna happen. So I think something to dwell on that transmission. Yeah, I think some people just have natural talent and ability, and um, obviously, the more you practice and the more you develop, uh, the better that talent comes out. And so I think that's. Kind of the scenario here with Brandon and 
this day and age album is that we see his writing, um, I think is really kind of developing and presenting itself as something that he's worked at through the last uh, couple of albums to this point. Well, do you want to talk about the music video now? Oh, do you want to save it for his own? I, 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 I didn't take a whole lot of notes and that will give us a whole other show that these people will have to sit through and endure. But there are some points of the music video that I wanted to bring up and I probably need to better, uh, get those thoughts collected. But if you want to mention something. No, nope. no, nope. I'm, I'm happy to wait. It's definitely its own circus. Um, Let's talk about, so. Well, are you, uh, are you yelling the star cross world behind Jimmy and get abducted next time you're out on that trampoline or? No, I thought, tw- I've thought twice and, um, uh, decided not to make that leap. Oh, what a lonely night. I, yeah, I don't know if it's referencing, I mean, it could just be a certain turning point in his life where a lot of this just came to a head and, you know, it was like an alien abduction. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting to use the word lonely there because if you're going to describe, if you're going to describe an, the night you were abducted by aliens, eh, I don't know if lonely is the adjective I would use. Well, it might be, there is some point of fame and I've heard this a lot from other people as well. Once you get there, it is kind of lonely because you can't go and live the normal life that you could live because you can't just go on society. You're... You don't know if anyone's really your friend or if they're just your friend because you're famous. Yeah, and then if you do go somewhere, it's a whole ordeal. So you can't just go down to Walmart and pick you up, whatever, because you're going to get mobbed. And so you're kind of at home, and you, yeah, you're famous, and it's great because you got adoring fans and money in the bank, but you also can't just go live your, your life, and it is kind of lonely. So I don't... I don't know if there's reference there to that or if it's just he knew the Lonely Town podcast would be coming out soon. Well, you think of the man music video and uh, how he has to pay these ladies to spend time with him. That's the other thing in the that happens to me. Well, he just paid him to hang out with them. There was nothing, no funny business going on, but uh, I think it's hard for us regular folk to understand how you could have so many people that love you and so many people around you all the time and still feel like you're alone. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of times um, from musicians and performers and things that, you know, after the show, you go from arenas of screaming fans back to a hotel room or a bus and it's just you by yourself with adrenaline rush trying to figure out how do I come down from this because it's just you go from, from all that to nothing. And I think that's where substances and things start getting abused and kind of those paths and you know people have to cope and find different ways to to do it so i've never i've never been put in that situation jimmy i've never had tens of thousands of people want to hear me do anything so well once we get to a thousand reviews and uh give away a ticket maybe you can come sit by us maybe you'll get a better sense for what that feels like we do we do uh, have one ticket available if you want to sit by me or Jimmy or random person from Nephi at the Killers Vegas residency, let me know. It'll be a good time. It's a different time than you're used to. But... If not, I'll just put it up for sale. Or if we get a thousand reviews, I might give it away. But we're not going to hit a thousand reviews anytime soon, so you better get busy. It's uh, my reminder to tell people to leave us reviews and thank you for the feedback. And uh, we do appreciate everybody that agrees, disagrees, or whatever at least at least we're uh, getting comments and we do appreciate your your uh, thoughts a nice way of putting all that yeah i guess uh, 
it's interesting that he brings up the Nile and I when you talk about the cradle of civilization I can't all these songs I, I think of Nephi because that's where my cradle was <laughs> I get it I mean it's 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 uh it's the whole point of our show where we go back to for us that's where it is for some people it's Nevada or Las Vegas or Manchester I don't know but some things you can see from space and other things we're glad you can't see from space. So they do say the Nile used to run from east to west. Jimmy, how did that happen? Did we learn that in science or somewhere? Water flows downhill. That's all I know. It's not the only thing that flows downhill from what I've been told. Mysteries of the universe. If this podcast doesn't pan out or we run out killers things, we can always go into old unsolved mystery episodes and talk about the mysteries of the world, well, conspiracy theories, what have you. I've uh, finally stopped having those nightmares, so you might need to find a, a new co-host for that one. <laughs> you want to readdress those and those uh, tear open those old uh, scars and and see what comes out. I don't know. Maybe maybe I should. Maybe we haven't made it out to Eureka yet. That's a place that scares me. <laughs> well, I'll never forget the the goosebumps, as I like to call them. Some people call them other things, but just the. The hair on my arm standing up when we went in the basement of the the annex. <laughs> yeah, it's enough excitement for me. There's a there's a the paranormal. Maybe someday for Halloween we'll do the paranormal killers uh, episode, or maybe we won't because I'll forget about it by then. But there's some there's some paranormal thing. I just I don't know. I like the creativity and I like just the difference and uh, the band evolving and taking chances and trying different things. Yeah. This is definitely not your typical killer song from the first couple of records. Like we talked about, when you go to the live show and people start jumping. I mean, this is a jumper. This is one that you can kind of get into that way. So uh, hopefully you like you like the show, the episode, and us. And that's that's really all I got on that, Jimmy. Yeah, I wish I would have made the connection with Spaceship Adventure. I hadn't thought about it because I was so, so focused on trying to figure out what all these lyrics meant or what they could mean. But uh, yeah, there's definitely... You know, when I ask who's the spaceman and spaceship adventure, it's obviously the killers are the the spacemen. But uh, if you haven't seen that Yo Gabba Gabba music video, uh, go check it out because it definitely is in the same vein as as spaceman. Yeah, I don't know if it was tied in there specifically or if it just is a happy uh, accident that's in that same universe and realm. Um, at any rate, you know, anytime you go to space, you're you're far from home and. Sometimes you realize well, home means Nevada, and sometimes you mean you realize home isn't that bad. Well, and that's another episode down from Lonely Town. <laughs>